0: In our second reading, we hear how we are to wait for the coming of our Savior who gives us mercy. The second reading is from Jude, the first chapter. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. To him, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Today's gospel lesson. Tells us that all of us will see the coming of the Son of Man. Please rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark in the 13th chapter. Jesus said, But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. This is the gospel of the Lord. Well, it's over. It's all over. It's the end. Venito kaput. I'm not talking about Arkansas <coughs> or LSU or Memphis or the Saints. I'm talking about the end of the church year. It's the last Sunday of the church year today. We're ending up a cycle that we started 12 months ago and worked our way through the church year. The church year, basically, just information, you all probably know this, but it's kind of divided into two parts. The first half of the church year is called the festival half, and that's where we start with Christmas and and actually Advent, our preparation for Christmas. Then we go through Epiphany, and then Lent, comes Easter, and the the post-Easter season, and then up to Pentecost. And so that's when we celebrate the major festivals uh, of, of the church year. And so that's the festival half. Then then comes the non-festival half of the year. That's that long season of the Sundays after Pentecost, where when we have pyramids, the color is green, okay? Because that's when growth takes place. So that's the non-festival half of the year, and that part of the year is when we focus on how we can grow in Christ, which we celebrated all during the festival half. But there's another way to look at the two halves of the church year. The first half of the church year is the Jesus half, and the second half is the following Jesus half. So in the first half, we focus on Jesus, on on his birth and his epiphany and his suffering and his death and resurrection and his ascension and the coming of the Spirit. So that's all about Jesus, because Jesus is the one that sends the Spirit. So that's the Jesus half. And then the other half is about what it means to follow Jesus. So when you get right down to it, the whole church year is about Jesus. (laughs) Right? It's all about Jesus. The whole thing. It's about Jesus. But that's not the only thing that's ending. The church year. The world is going to end one day, maybe sooner than later. Who knows? We can't tell. And so we read what Jesus had to say about the end, but I would encourage you to go, when you get home, get back into Mark 13 and read it from the beginning of the chapter. Because the stuff he talks about before the part we read is even more horrific than that. And so he talks about what's going to happen at the end. We see a lot of it going on around us now. But the end of the world is going to be coming. But the end of the world is only a prelude to what? Yeah, to Jesus coming back. And that's what this Sunday is about, when when we, we focus on Christ the King and His glorious return and coming back. So even all that stuff about the end of the world is about Jesus (laughs) because it's getting ready and getting close for the time that he's going to come back but here we are on this side of it so what do we do what's our life about now while we wait for that and I think we can get some ideas and some guidance from what Jude had to say Jude said to us, he said, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. We're waiting for the greatest revolution of Christ, uh, revelation of Christ's mercy. And that's actually taking us there, bringing us into his kingdom. And as we wait for that mercy to be revealed, Jude says, keep yourselves in God's love. Well, how do you do that? Well, he tells us. It's simple. By building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Well, isn't that what we're doing here today? I mean, isn't that why we're here? I mean, we're here to worship God. We're here to offer up praise and glory and honor to Him. But we're here also to listen to His Word and be strengthened by that. We're here to meet God at this table and have our faith strengthened and be filled with power and encouragement, building ourselves up in faith is one of the ways to keep living in God's love. And the other thing that Jude says is by praying in the Holy Spirit. Prayer. Coming to God and letting, because every time you come to God, the connection between you and God becomes stronger. You know how it is. If you want to get stronger, you exercise, right? Well, when we exercise that relationship with God and that communication, it gets stronger. And he talks about praying in the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean some, you know, some off-the-wall kind of thing or anything like that, but it means inviting the Holy Spirit to be a part of your prayers when you pray, because remember, that the Spirit sometimes can offer up prayers that we can't even think of, or things that we don't say, or things that we might forget about, but the Spirit knows what we need. And the Spirit, along we offer our prayers up, but the Spirit is right there offering up prayers as well. And so when we do that, when, when we grow in our faith, and when we pray, and when we get closer to God, then we are keeping ourselves in God's love as we wait. But it's not just about us, is it? It's not about keeping our own faith strong and growing as we wait. We've got something to do while we're here. We're waiting for for Christ's greatest mercy to be revealed to us in his second coming. So what do we do? Well, Jude says, so be merciful yourselves. Be merciful to those who doubt. People that doubt, why why do people doubt? There might be a lot of reasons, but maybe they're going through a hard time and they start to question. Maybe they've suffered a great loss. Maybe they're, they're the poor and the oppressed that wonder if there is a God out there or a God that cares. Jude says, be merciful to those people. Show care and compassion and love and concern for those people that doubt. He says, save others by snatching them from the fire. Okay, well, whenever Jesus talks about from the fire and stuff, he's talking about eternal death. Save others. Well, that sounds to me like the Great Commission, doesn't it? Go and make disciples of all people. The whole discipleship thing is about saving other people and about bringing them to faith and about witnessing for Christ in in that. So that's what he says that we should do while we're still here. Be merciful, save others. But then he says something that's really curious. And this next phrase, the Greek manuscripts of Jude are widely variant on on this phrase. Translations are different. And and nobody really seems to know exactly what it means. But there might be some, some ideas about that. He says, to others, show mercy mixed with fear. That's kind of a curious statement. Show mercy, mixed with fear. <clears throat> that might <clears throat> me. That might mean a couple of things. Uh, the fear might be uh, uh, a sense of caution, because you know he says that when we show mercy, you know he talks about the uh, even hating the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Don't let that rub off on us. We can be merciful to, to people but we don't want to get caught up in the doubt and the uncertainty, or it might mean be merciful mixed with fear. There is an element of risk, isn't there, in being merciful? There's an element of risk in that. Peter and John uh, in, in Acts, they healed a man, a lame man. They healed him. What happened? They got thrown in prison. So then they got talked to and said, don't do it anymore, and they got released. And what they do? They went out and healed tons more people. They got thrown in prison. So they were being merciful and compassionate and caring, and they got thrown in prison. And maybe the risk can be even greater than that when we show compassion. Think about what Jesus did. Sitting on the throne of heaven, And here's this creation down here and it's a world full of people who are suffering and dying and headed to eternal death and they're lost and they don't know how to get into a relationship with God. And so what did Jesus do to show mercy on those people? Jesus had to come, didn't he? Jesus came and lived among us and some of the people that he came to be merciful to and that he cared about, turned on him and killed him. Of course, that's not the end of the story. But there was risk for Jesus. And that makes me think, uh, you know, the big thing in the news these days is the Syrian refugee crisis, isn't it? And people being caught between being compassionate and merciful but at the same time there's some risk. And so what does that mean? What do we do in a situation like that? Well we can go back to that old phrase from some time back that you still see around every now and then. What would Jesus do? Well what did he do? He came, right? He came anyway. Even though there was risk. Even though there was danger. But just because Jesus did that, (laughs) does that mean we can do it? Does that mean we have the ability to do it? Does it mean we even want to do it? Well, in a lot of cases, not because sometimes being merciful requires some sacrifice on our part and we don't want to do it. But where does the power for us come from to be able to do what Jesus did? Well, Jude tells us that too because he says that Jesus is the one who is able to keep you from stumbling. Jesus is the one that can empower you and encourage you and show you the way so that you don't stumble, so that you don't fall, so that you can do the kinds of things that he did. And Jesus is the one who will present you before the throne without fault and with great joy. Jesus is excited about being able to present you before the throne as a person who is blameless who is pure. When we think about Jesus being a part of us and keeping us from stumbling and being able to present us to God faultless, under no condemnation, that's our encouragement to follow Jesus, to do what Jesus did. And then, then God... To God will be it glory and majesty and power and authority through Christ. You see, it's really all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about Jesus, what he did, what he wants, what he does for us, how much he cares for us. And so now this week you're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. And it's a wonderful time of the year. It's a time to gather with family and to, and to be thankful for family and for our relationships and to be thankful for all of our blessings and we'll celebrate all that by eating too much. Okay? But it's Thanksgiving. But when you celebrate this week, remember what we are really thankful for. What we are really thankful for is Jesus and the opportunity that we have to follow Jesus because it really is just all about Jesus